The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of The Olympic Channel. Hello, I'm Ash Tullock and welcome to the official Olympic Channel podcast. This week we've got a cracking episode for you. We're diving into the world of swimming with Olympic champion and five-time Olympic silver medalist Duncan Scott. One word that I always try and use is relentless. You know, just that constant pursuit of trying to get better and whatever that almost takes. You know, every day, every week or different competitions or even having to be relentless at the Olympics. You know, nine-day meet is difficult in itself, you know, managing that. Duncan's specialty is freestyle and medley, which is how he became a three-time world champ. But, unfortunately, he caught COVID just three weeks ago, so he won't be competing at the FINA World Champs in Budapest this week. But our resident swimming expert, my colleague Andrew Binner, he's going to be there covering the event for Olympics.com. Andrew, welcome to the pod, my friend. Thank you very much, Ash. What an introduction. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. Great to have you with us. Uh, Look, big week for you, but what a shame for Duncan Scott. Yeah, that was an absolute heartbreaker. To be honest, he's been firing since Tokyo and we were expecting really big things from him at the Worlds. But the good news is that it's a very busy summer for swimming and we should get a chance to see him in action at the Commonwealth Games where he'll be competing for Scotland. Amazing. Hey, so you caught up with him recently. Uh, You had a good chat. Tell us a bit about him. Yeah, just before COVID we caught up and um, he is arguably the star of British swimming right now. Um, most people know him because he shot to stardom in, slight, uh, in slightly weird circumstances back in 2019 at the World Championships in Guangzhou when he put on this amazing race to finish third in the 200 free but then refused to take the podium with Sun Yang uh, which prompted quite a nasty reaction from Yang that went viral. And Scott responded in the classiest way possible, swimming arguably one of the finest anchor legs ever in a relay race to overtake Nathan Adrian of the USA and win the gold medal for the GB men's medley relay team. Um, But that pales in comparison to his achievements at Tokyo 2020 when he won four medals to become Great Britain's most successful athlete ever at an Olympics. Just think how big an achievement that is. He got three silvers and a gold, but weirdly, he actually saw that achievement as something quite bittersweet because he only had eyes for the golds in all of those events. So that says an awful lot about his mindset and his progression as an athlete. And I do think that sums him up. And he's honest, he's authentic, and we kicked off our interview talking about what an amazing Games Tokyo 2020 was. Olympic Channel Podcast. From when I touched the wall in the final race of the relay, um, I think I was home within 36 hours. So, I mean, to be honest, like, I didn't really have much chance initially to to get my head around everything that had happened and the emotions of, you know, several things, the ups and downs or, you know, the small margins and, you know, ha- being happy or whatever. So, you know, I didn't have, I didn't really have a chance, but, you know, obviously now it's, it's, it's been quite well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely delighted. I think it's, it's probably the most consistent I've ever been at a competition. Um, especially of that caliber and you know to be able to get come away with you know my best best times and best events you know across the board I think you know I couldn't have asked for much more so um yeah no I was obviously delighted with it and obviously you were it, it seems strange to say it given how much you won but like you were unlucky in many ways with some of your your silver medals um despite the enormity of the achievement so what does that say in itself about your development and your current mindset as a swimmer that you're on you're not maybe fully satisfied with an olympic silver medal yeah i think i think it definitely shows you know where i've come over the last few years especially since if you look at the last olympic games and and to now 
Um, but then again, I'd also say that that reflects the the stance of British swimming as well. You know, especially if you look at the relay teams I was a part of, there were almost disappointments in silver medals. You know, and then the four by two was a, was a great achievement in winning, but it was a disappointment. We were zero point zero three off a world record, um, so. I mean, in that sense, it was almost like, you know, that was an opportunity. Um, so it was a little bit gutting in that in that aspect. But yeah, I'd say that's where British Women's come from. I mean, in 2016, we came second in the medley, really, which was a huge achievement. And then there it was, we came second, but it was like, you know, we've done this before. The whole, the whole idea, you know, we were trying to push on, but, you know, the Americans got a world record. And I think, you know, we'd have had to really go, go on some to, to get close to that. So, yeah, I would say it's a mixture of, of both. Um, I'd say for myself, you know, continual improvement and, you know, maturing as an athlete as well as I think helped me out a lot um, and always having sort of long-term ambitions and, um, you know, seeing, you know, the next four-year cycle and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I always thought Tokyo was going to be, you know, a place for me to to try and um, put in some good times and, and good performances. And, you know, fortunately I did that. And can you break down a little bit? You said there that you have matured as an athlete. So what does that mean? In what ways have you matured? Um, I would say firstly, physically. Um, you know, I think um, it doesn't take anyone to, to notice. You know, even looking at me now, I, I look like an 18-year-old boy and I think I've just turned 25. So, um, yeah, I would say physically, firstly. Um, you know, I think, you know, when I was a lot younger, it was, um, it was maybe just my my training age was a lot younger than many of the others. And I think, you know, that's maybe helping me out at the minute uh, rather than when I was a lot younger. Um, and then probably just my maturity around um, day-to-day training, consistency levels of, you know, where my standard needs to be um, and make sure it's there, you know, week in and week out rather than, you know, I think the biggest thing is inconsistency for for a lot of athletes, you know, whether they have a, an incredible world-class session one day and then, you know, mediocre the next. So, um, yeah, I would say consistency and maturity across that. And then maybe, you know, probably the biggest one and the biggest factor for longevity, especially is maturity just around, you know, my lifestyle choices. Um, you know, what what do I need to do to, to enable and get my body in the best shape for not this year, not next year, but even in a couple of years, you know, is that more focus around flexibility and nutrition and, and other aspects like that? Any cheat meals allowed at all? <laughs> Well, to be honest, I think the way that my nutrition set up, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, if I crave something, I'll just go and have it. You know, it's not that I, I, I never really feel like I'm restricted hugely. Um, you know, I love uh, I love a good pizza every so often as much as the next person. And, you know, there are plenty of other things. I just, I'm just fortunate enough that I do enough training that uh, it allows for it all. <laughs> Well, that segues quite nicely on. I mean, I guess that's the benefits of being in a sport where you just burn so many calories. But um, your schedule at any games or any event is kind of just tiring to look at on paper, let alone actually seeing you do it in the flesh. But I wonder in what way does your versatility, could you argue that it's actually kept you mentally and physically fresh so you haven't had the burnout of just having to do the one thing over and over again? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, I think that's a really solid argument. And I think, you know, I, I especially, I always think of that and try and relate it to, you know, younger people in sport when they specialize really young, you know, and um, go straight into one sport at the age of 13, for example, or, or 12. And yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's, that's why I love doing the individual medley, for example, the all different strokes, you know, the different turns that you need to do back to breast, flight to back and this incorporated with freestyle training you know there's just I can walk in and there's so many different elements for me to practice and, and learn on um 
So yeah, I would say so. I mean, for for me, there's it definitely doesn't get um, you know tedious or boring, um, and perhaps that's 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 something that happens to to those that just do one event. And like, I'm just going to go off tangent for a sec, but I know you were a really serious sportsman in a lot of sports growing up and including tennis as well. Do you think, I mean, there are obviously some people who just have their sport, they do it from day dot and keep going. But do you think having played those other sports as well, that again, avoids a certain burnout for a, for a young kid who's supposed to be sort of enjoying sport? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously there's, there's hundreds of examples of, of world-class athletes specialising at a young age. Um you could almost class these people as freaks, I almost guess, you know, like like a Tiger Woods or a Rory or, I mean, even like a Fredder or others like that. But yeah, I would say for the majority of people, you know, it's, I've seen it in so many cases, a burnout around when you're 15, 16, it's just so much as, so either the pressure of from the parents is being pushed on them, either, you know, the parents are trying to pursue a career that either they wish they had or, uh, and trying to push it through the, the athlete or the I guess the young child but um yeah definitely I mean I I love doing a a different array of sports you know whether that's you know for me in swimming something I really miss is is a team environment you know we're trying to get that within the team culture sort of element but it is very much an individual sport and you know I love doing team sports when I was growing up it was really different and you know I loved that that mix but yeah I, I would say I'd say it's quite important more of that social aspect more than anything and and that idea of fun but you know being really competitive in different ways and just to hop back onto what, what we were talking about a second ago with um your schedule and your, your kind of dedication to your craft at the moment um it sometimes amuses me like i see it a lot at swimming meets when some people they finish their race and you can tell they're like trying to hide how tired they are whereas i never get that impression with you every time i see you after a race it's like this is a guy that's just gone pedal to the metal the whole way so I wonder how you would describe your swimming mindset and your approach to sport and competition that's a good question and I think you know there there's plenty of people as you say that, that do try and do that after races I can't say for me someone that I always loved watching up and uh was a guy called Laszlo Shea who would always he would never hide it and I just I just found that you know I just plenty of respect but I mean why hide it you've just done a really difficult swim I think for for me is Probably one word that I always try and use is relentless. You know, just that constant pursuit of trying to get better, and you know, whatever whatever that almost takes. I guess is you know every day, you know every week or different competitions, or you know even having to be relentless at the Olympics. You know, nine day meet. You know, that's quite it's, it's difficult in itself. You know, managing that. So yeah, I would say that, that that's probably one word that I would try and that I've I've not realised or tried to pursue that word, but I would say that my coach. And others have tried to to place that upon me, and you know I'm I'm quite happy that it's quite a nice word. I'd say for me, others might think that it's a little bit, you know, I a little bit in, like um, you know I'd almost doing it too much. You know, I'm a little bit excessive of what I'm trying to do and the craft that I'm trying to create. But for for me, it's it's my life, and I I love doing it. I don't know how it is for you, but when you're going through heats and semifinals, do you just go full out and say it in the Olympics? Do you go full out in every race? Because I know in athletics, you sometimes see like 200 meter sprinters like pull up a little bit and almost like get like risk not going through. So do you just go all out every race? Um, what it's obviously athletics. I think they've got the advantage of being able to see, you know, see the field, you know, a lot, a lot easier than in swimming. You know, you're, you can maybe see two or three lanes around you, but outside of that, it's, it's quite clueless in the Olympic games as well. You've, you've got swimmers that are ranked, you know, in slower times than they actually should be in outside lanes. So in that, it can be quite difficult. Um, 
I'd say you manage the rounds. I think that's the word that always gets used. You manage the rounds. I mean, to be honest, I don't know how much. It's maybe like 95%, but I think it's more the little things that you add in. You know, it's 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 maybe the mindset before the race as well that changes. It's the the adrenaline of it being in a final or, um, you know, this is the last one. It's it's all those little things that, that change it slightly. And I think each round you sort of add a little bit more emotion in. And, you know, I think that gets the extra percents out. I'd definitely say I'm I'm definitely not max in, in a heat. But then again, I'd, I'd like to say I, I verge very much away from complacency, you know, in heats and especially in the world these days, you know, there's the depth in swimming, especially over the last five, 10 years is, is getting insane. So that the, the push for semifinals is, is quite important in making sure that you're on it. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of your personality as well. I think, um, Often when we speak about really successful athletes, people forget that there are they're actually people as well. Like they're not all about their sport. Like talking to Lydia Jacoby, who was just, um, yeah, I'm a super creative person. I love art. I love music. I play 10 instruments. And I thought that was super fascinating. But no one knows that about her at all because of her gold medal. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like I know swimming is obviously like a real focal part of your personality and who you are as a person. But who is Duncan Scott to you? What do you What do you like away from swimming? I can't say I can play any instruments. Um, God awful instruments, so we'll not go anywhere near there. Um, for me, I'd say I'm quite family oriented. Um, uh, I really like playing golf. You know, whether that's driving range or just going for a round as well. Um, more used to the nine holes. I feel like eighteen can drag me on, and you know, I can especially if I'm not playing well, it can hurt me mentally. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd say family as well for me. Um, my parents don't live too far away. So, you know, on Sundays at the weekends, you know, lunch with them or, or catch up as well. Um, especially with, I'd say I've tried to make that more of a focus this year because of COVID, you know, sort of didn't interact with them at all because my dad just about ticks every box under the sun for COVID. So, um, yeah, tried to, tried to stay away. But um, yeah, I would say with that, um as well, just being in Sterling for such a long time, I've got quite a lot of close friends here anyway. So, um, you know, whether that's going for food or, or chilling out that way. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, I've, I finished university last April. Um, so since then, it's it's me figuring out what I do in between training sessions since, since I've not got university anymore, which I've loved, to be fair. You know, from September all the way through to about January, I was away loads. I was only here for about, a month total so the um which was great but i think since january now it's been uh you know what, what what do i do during the day so i think for me over the next year and a bit that's that's still what i'm trying to figure out um who was your swimming hero or heroes growing up and why oh, i think for me as a 97 born it's quite it's quite self-explanatory being michael phelps you know 2008 olympics was a sort of prime time for for my age and yeah, I think what he did, and he sort of dominated the sport for probably 12, maybe so more years. And, you know, even coming out and coming back into the sport, and he's still still unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I would say Phelps, um, you know, the versatility as well is something that I've loved watching. And, you know, I've watched so many of his races loads of times. But a couple others would probably be Hugenban. Um, you know, the method of training that he did is, is very similar to the one that I do. And, and um, for me, it's it's quite nice to relate to that, uh, and probably Thorpe as well. I think just because he's a bit of a freak for his age and what he was able to do as well, it's just mental. <laughs> Agreed. 
Nice trio. Um, you described yourself as someone that's got a kind of relentless attitude towards training and competing. Um, what would you say? I mean, I, I assume you have days when it's easy to get in the pool and super tough days as well. What gets you through the grind? Like, what's the mindset when you're exhausted? Like, what gets you through it? Uh, I would say the way that I train is is very much like this. It doesn't. It probably doesn't happen too often. Um, and it's very much I know the sessions that I'll dislike more. Um, you know, for me, a Friday morning is a challenge one, but it's usually quite easy and quite relaxed. So it's not the difficulty of doing it. It's more just the challenge of getting in. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't say it occurs too often. And when it does, it would probably be, you know, I, I tell I tell the coach, you know, Stephen Tigg is someone that I've been with since I was about nine years old. So it sounds like a relationship. So, um yeah, he's coached me for for a long time now. So I mean, it's quite a it's quite open, honest, quite a professional relationship, which is quite good. And um, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling particularly tired or or not, then you know, I'd like to think he knows my body, you know, almost as well as I do in that sense. So um, he's he's fully aware of you know what I'm capable of. And um, yeah, I would say that that's probably the first go to and. But yeah, I'd say outside that, to be honest, I wouldn't say it crops up too often. I'd say a lot would be prior to 2016. I think when I was a little bit more immature, you know, it would be toys out the pram, you know, if I wasn't particularly swimming well or, um, you know, if I was a little bit more tired, then I'd be getting upset in training, things like that. But, you know, I'd say now I'm a lot more sort of level playing field, try and keep a higher standard most days. So um, goal setting is obviously pretty important to you. Uh, have you got... Any main goals in your head for for Worlds and Com Games this year? Yeah, so Worlds, um, I think for me is so trying out a four hundred IM for the first time uh, internationally properly since I was about well never internationally, but since I was at sixteen, I think I've done about eight of them in total, of course. So I think for me, it's about finding out what's that like one in my program. You know how how does that affect me later on in the week? You know what's it like doing a four IM then you know, a couple of tuner freestyles, a couple of tuner IMs, because I mean, this is all going to be knowledge for, for Paris. Um, and this is, I think, a great opportunity to try that out. So that's the first thing. I think that that's going to be a, a massive intel for me as to, well, one, what am I like at that when I'm fully rested and, you know, against a world-class field? You know, I might just be the heats and I'm like, all right, well, I didn't quite make that work or, or whatever. But whatever it is, I think I'll learn quite a lot. And then the next thing I think is is just around you know, racing around the two, two, three, two AM, you know, I want to be right in the mix again for those events and, and obviously did massive best times last year. So I think for, for me, it's around, I might not be there or thereabouts at my best, but there's definitely been particular skill elements that I want to work on. And if I can put them into place this year, then next year, you know, I, I know that I can get quicker and, and quicker again for Paris. So for me, I think it's just about trying to execute skill things that, then we can go away, analyze, and, and change. Com games. Kyle keeps Kyle keeps messaging me saying about the hundred free. So I guess I've got to give him something bit of stick on that. And I keep telling him that I'm the champion of that and the reigning champion. So uh, I don't even know if I'll do it, but I guess I have to say that I'm doing it now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not too sure. To be honest, I've not really looked at the schedule for the Com games and and what I'll be swimming. Um, I guess two, two, three, two. Um, but outside of that, it's a bit of an unknown. The team for t- Team Scotland's not quite been announced yet. We've had nominations, but the full team's yet to be announced. So I can't imagine many men's really. So I guess that maybe opens up a lot more individuals for me. But yeah, I, th- I think for that, it will be Worlds and then we'll, we'll look forward to, to, to that afterwards. 
Think like an Olympian. Duncan Scott, what a nice guy, and uh, what a great chat with you, Andrew. Yeah, he was a legend, and really looking forward to seeing him, hopefully at the Commonwealth Games, competing in the Blue of Scotland in Birmingham this August. Well, he's going to be like the rest of us, sitting uh, at home watching, but you're going to be on the ground. Who are you excited about? Yeah, despite the fact that Duncan's not going to be there at World Champs, I still think the men's medley is going to be the race to keep your eye on because you've got a resurgent reigning 200 metre and 400 metre medley world champion Seto Dea. He's bang back in form after a really disappointing Olympics. And then, of course, you've got the American trio of Chase Callis, who's the reigning 400 metre Olympic champion, Michael Andrew, an athlete that Michael Phelps recently said could break the 200 metre world record. And then their new star, Carson Foster, who is expected to be a gold medal threat over both distances and actually beat Kalitz in the USA trials. So keep your eyes out on those guys. Outside of that, I would say definitely keep an eye out for Christoph Milak as well, the 200 meter butterfly Olympic champion and world record holder who is going to be swimming in front of his home crowd in his favorite pool. And I think we could see him lower that world record again. Finally, you've always got to keep an eye out for Katie Ledecky with her great rival Ariane Titmus deciding to sit the worlds out in order to concentrate on the Commonwealth Games later in the summer. Ledecky could be on to win four individual freestyle world titles. Wow, so many good stories. Uh, so many things to look forward to. You are going to be a very busy man. <laughs> you guys at home, thank you for listening. And if you want to follow the action, then make sure you do on our live blog on olympics.com, uh, plus loads of other stories and videos on the site. And don't forget our social handles. Andrew, have fun out there. Thanks for having me, Ash. And you guys at home, thanks again for listening. Stay safe, take it easy, and we'll catch you soon. That was the Olympic Channel Podcast.